Welcome to the Don Smith Show, where it's okay to be a conservative. And now here's your host, Don Smith. Hey, thank you, Brad Smith, for that great introduction. And thanks to each and every one of you for tuning in today for another Don Smith Show, where it's always okay to be a conservative. We've got a great lineup for you on the program here. We're going to hear from President Donald Trump. We're going to hear from him as a candidate at the time that he took the lead in the uh, Republican primary. We're going to talk to him about the Iran deal. People are wondering, what is he going to do? He was uh, pretty outspoken, as he was in my first interview with him. So we'll play that clip, uh, give us maybe a little bit of insight on what he's going to do here this week. Also, we've got Mr. Ted Nugent and Charlie Daniels talking about the Second Amendment. Of course, uh, here we go again, right? Whenever there's a national tragedy and still thoughts and prayers with uh, the families and uh, first responders and everybody that was involved in that tragic event last Sunday, every time we have one of these, it turns into this emotional knee-jerk reaction to blame the NRA, to blame conservatives, to blame people who stand up for the Bill of Rights, for the Constitution of this country. And of course, everybody's got the answers and they all know what needs to be done. We've got to do something is the message from the left. Now, they can't tell you specifically anything that would do anything to stop any of these tragedies from happening again, but we've got to do something. This is what makes liberalism a mental disorder. So, again, President Donald Trump, Ted Nugent, Charlie Daniels, and, of course, we'll go through what's going on with the left. We've got a lot of news to cover in just a little bit of time to do it. Hey, you know what time it is. Ladies and gentlemen... Uh, let's get ready to rumble! So it never ceases to amaze me how the left goes after us. We are to blame whenever there's a tragic shooting. Uh, I'm sure you all heard the CBS legal vice president who said that, you know, she really couldn't even have any sympathy for those who were killed in the tragedy because, hey, let's face it, most country music fans are gun-toting Trump supporters, so... they deserve to die, right? I mean, that makes sense, doesn't it? There's nothing absolutely insane about that, nor uh, the level of anger, the level of the vileness of these people. These are the same people. Don't ever forget this. These are the people that want to define what is hate speech. They want to define what is acceptable in our society, and their hatred is always for the goodness of mankind. Yeah, well, that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? I know it doesn't, but... They believe it does. Jimmy Kimmel, on his show, comes out with some horrible, horrible, calls us crazies. We're crazies because we support the Constitution, because we support the Second Amendment. That makes us crazy. But it's all about Jimmy Kimmel, right? Because, you know, he's the good person. And again, his hatred, his vile comments are done for the betterment of humanity. Because just think if we were all filled with as much hate as somebody like Jimmy Kimmel or the CBS legal executive, right? Wouldn't this be a great world if everybody was so filled with hatred? 
Yeah, I think not, and I'm pretty sure you agree with me. But one point I want to make in this entire thing, because this is the thing. See, because the left, they're very, very angry about the Second Amendment, right? It's been upheld over and over again by the Supreme Court. It's the law of the land. Now, when it comes to abortion, you know, hey, forget about it because it's the law, right? But when it comes to the Second Amendment, that's really not a, a sufficient you know, you know, defense of the Second Amendment, because even though it is the law, but let's, let's look at something here right now. Number of deaths this year so far that are attributed to guns, which may not necessarily be murders or, I mean, they can be accidental discharges of the, all deaths, total deaths so far in 2017 by gun is 11,850. But we've got to do something, right? We've got to pass some laws, even though we don't know anything, any way at all to stop this. We've got to do something. Now, on the other hand, this is the same group that supports, oh, I don't know, how about abortion, which happens at the rate of one million per year. There will be one million abortions in 2017. Think about that. 11,850 gun deaths, one million abortions, both end the life. So, uh, you know, they can take their, their foul outrage and their, you know, their emotional reactions to all this stuff. Notice they never have any emotions at all when it comes to ending the life of, of a child. They can't even refer to it as a child or a baby or a life. It's a fetus, right? So maybe we just need to come up with a different name for guns. Problem solved, right? Yeah, not really. This is the, these are the times we're living in right now. These people, Roe v. Wade, so it's the law of the land that we can have abortions. Well, yeah, there's a thing called the Second Amendment. It's in, actually in the Constitution, which gives us rights to bear arms. So now everybody's awful. We're talking about bump stocks, and these people don't even know what a bump stock is. Admittedly, they even admitted, I have no idea what that means, but, uh, you know, we've got to stop them. We've got to outlaw them. And, and everybody's freaking out about the number of guns this man purchased. And uh, fair enough, the guy purchased a lot of weapons in a pretty short period of time. Last I checked, most humans have two arms. So you can only use two weapons at a time. So he could have had 5,000 weapons in that room. You can only use so many at the same time. So how many he has, or we need to start restricting people, or they're calling for national registry now. The most interesting thing to me about this entire situation is that every great once in a while, the left comes out and they're actually open and honest. But here's the question I think we need to really be asking ourselves, and maybe somebody in the media might want to ask somebody like a Nancy Pelosi or a uh, Hillary Clinton or a Chuck U. Schumer, who also made these comments during the week. Because here's the thing. If these people really wanted to control guns and have gun legislation, if they were really against the gun lobby, right, the evil gun lobby, because this is all the NRA's fault. I mean, never forget that. Every single shooting tragedy is the NRA's fault, even though it's not. But when they get honest about this, because we, here's the thing, we're talking about bump stocks right now, and there's a lot of people, even people on the right, who agree with this. Okay, okay, maybe we can compromise here. Now, here's the problem. Here is the problem. It's never enough. Liberalism is a mental disorder. It is never enough. Give them bump stocks. Okay, you give them bump stocks, you think they're going to go away and say, okay, well, we got what we wanted out of it. Give them background checks. You think they're going to go away and say, okay, great, we're good now. No, it never ends because it's never enough.
And there was a moment of, shall we say, I don't know if I can call it really honesty, but Nancy Pelosi, Chuck e. Schumer made the same comments here this week. But just listen to this, because this is why we need to not enter into this conversation about, okay, well, we'll just give them this, because it's never enough, folks. Here's Nancy Pelosi. Listen to her in her own words, not mine. So what? They're going to say that if you give them bump stock, it's going to be the slippery slope? I certainly hope so. But I don't think bump stock should be a substitute for the background check. And by the way, the background check is a compromise. There are many more things members want to do. It would never be enough. You've got to understand this because this is so important when we start to talk about having a conversation. The conversation doesn't end with bump stocks. You heard it from her own mouth. No, it's not enough. I certainly hope it is a slippery slope, she said. You can never compromise. There is no, she, she used the word compromise. Well, the background checks are good just to compromise. There's no such thing. With liberals, there's no such thing. There's no compromising of anything. You, me, we are evil, period. It is, everything is our fault. Everything. Again, the CBS executive, she meant that. She came out and apologized and said, well, I was really insensitive. And uh, No, no, no. She meant every word of it. She has no sympathy at all for anybody shot with a gun. Which also means she has no empathy for anybody in Chicago. The number of shootings that will take place today alone. They don't want to talk about that. Strictest gun laws in the country. In Chicago. Wow, how's that working out, folks? Again, 11,850 gun deaths so far to date. At the end of this year, there will be 1 million, 1 million babies aborted. Do they have any sympathy for that? Absolutely not, because it's about choice. It's about women being able to choose what to do with their body. Right? Yeah, no, no, it's, it's really not. It's got nothing to do with choice. It, that just sounds a little better because it's such a vile and disgusting thing to have to try and defend. The murder of innocent babies. Can you think of anything more disgusting and vile in a society that's allowed in a society than that? Because, well, I certainly can. Right back after this. Are you among the 64% of Americans who believe our country is going in the wrong direction? If yes then eVoiceAmerica.com is the political take action site we've all been waiting for. And it's really free. eVoice America provides your personal list of elected reps every time you log on. This makes it so easy to email your opinions and eVotes on top issues directly to each of our DC elected representatives. eVoice then publishes our eVote majority percentages on top issues to each member of Congress and the media. Now, for the first time in history, we can know what millions of American citizens are telling Congress. No more gridlock. Join the new American majority using eVoiceAmerica.com, putting Americans in control of Congress. Visit eVoiceAmerica.com today. It's free and easy to use. That's eVoiceAmerica.com. And here is our newly remodeled hotel business center. Lobby disk drive computer, dot matrix printer, and modem. Modem? That's right. Dial up. Hello. Need a new way to work when you're on the road? Regis has over 1,100 professional business lounges. Access to meeting rooms with video conference studios. Private offices you can book by the hour or day. 
and a mobile app to find Regis locations. Regis is the new way to work. Call now and get two months free. Patriotic Warriors is an activist organization built to engage our community through information, training, outreach programs, and other resources. Our members work together to share knowledge and take coordinated action to make our elected officials hear our voice in unison. While others talk about preserving our constitutional republic, Patriotic Warriors takes action by utilizing cutting-edge technology and proven strategic initiatives necessary to restore the American dream and preserve it for future generations to come. If you're truly concerned about the future of the greatest nation in history, visit Patriotic Warriors today. No more waiting for someone else. The time is now. Go to PatrioticWarriors.com and make a difference. PatrioticWarriors.com. That's PatrioticWarriors.com. Wouldn't it be nice if there was an easier, less expensive option than a traditional lawyer? At LegalZoom, you get personalized services for your family and your business that's 100% guaranteed. So go to LegalZoom.com today for personalized, affordable legal protection. Been looking for an online gathering place? You know, a familiar screen does everything you're used to, except give you grief for being a conservative? You've got to try the Tea Party community. At TPC, you'll know how everything works from the very first minute, and you'll probably find a lot of friends who are already there. Organize, communicate, share ideas, upcoming events, pictures, and videos. The Tea Party community connects and empowers like-minded, politically conservative people. Like you, sign up today at teapartycommunity.com. Wouldn't it be nice if there was an easier, less expensive option than a traditional lawyer? At LegalZoom, you get personalized services for your family and your business that's 100% guaranteed. So go to LegalZoom.com today for personalized, affordable legal protection. This is Victoria Jackson. This is Paul Vettelli, Major General, U.S. Army, uh, retired. Hi, this is Chuck Woolery. You're listening to The Don Smith Show, where it's okay to be a conservative. Hey, welcome back to the show. Hope you're having a great Saturday so far. Great to be back here for a full regular show again. Seems like it's been an eternity, so uh, feels good to be back and glad to have you all here today. Again, we, you're going to hear from President Donald Trump, from Mr. Ted Nugent, and Mr. Charlie Daniels. So we've got a great lineup here for you today as we go through all the craziness that's going on in this world. Of course, I'm sure all of you have heard by now about the attack here in London. Uh, just another one. And, and, and the foiled attack that we're finally getting details on that took place in New York City or that, well, that was planned to take place. And fortunately, the uh, the great people involved in that were able to stop it before it happened. But here, one thing, I want to make something clear here because there's a lot of discussion. We have very few answers on what happened with Stephen Paddock in Las Vegas last Sunday night. One thing we've got to understand here, it, the, the common denominator, because the left always wants to make these rules and they're going to background checks are going to do that. This guy passed all the background checks. 
He wasn't going to gun shows. They keep talking about this uh, this false narrative about the gun show loophole. He didn't go to gun shows to get all these things. And well, he got some things there, but most of the things he bought through licensed dealers, you can't just walk into a gun show and walk out with a gun. So when you hear that, you're hearing that from people who have never purchased a gun. They have no knowledge of this stuff. CNN had a, did a thing last night, and they showed a, a rifle. They're talking about bump stocks. The, gun did, the rifle did not even have a bump stock on it. They didn't even know this. They had no idea. So they're showing this illustration. It did have a grenade launcher on it, though, because when most people have grenade launchers on their guns. This is the, the ridiculousness of this conversation, supposed conversation, that we're having about gun control. They can never propose a single thing. One thing is consistent, that people are crazy. So the point I want to make with all these uh, discussions about, oh, they shot from the second floor, because supposedly he shot out from the, he was actually on the, on the fourth floor shooting, but he didn't break the glass. So I guess those are like some kind of magic bullets. I don't know. People say, well, the, well he could open the window. Right, right, because that's what he was going to do. He's going to go and go, okay, well, let me open this window up here. <laughs> Here's the thing. It doesn't have to make sense. It's, it's insanity. Right. When we talk about Muslim extremists, people doing terror like that, it only makes sense in the fact that they have a crazy religion, that these people have an ideology that is something that makes anything seem like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. We're talking about, about just people here who have psychological issues. Is there any discussion about what we should do about mental health issues? Or No, there isn't. None at all. That's the conversation we should really be having here is maybe crazy people shouldn't be allowed to have a gun. Maybe, maybe those are things that we could agree on. Maybe the fact that all these people seem to be on some kind of Ritalin or some kind of antidepressant or maybe that could be something we could discuss. But no, because that's not what this is about. This is about anti-Second Amendment. This is about people who want to take guns away from law-abiding citizens. Now, they will always have their own armed security guards all the way around them. They just don't want you to have a gun. So it is totally a selfish argument. If you really believe in a gun-free world, then maybe you shouldn't have armed security guards. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, that's just a thought. And does anybody remember Michael Moore? Remember this? I, we played this clip. This was a long time ago. It was an interview that he did with, I believe it was with Larry King. Here's the guy that is put himself up as the most anti-Second Amendment, the most anti-gun. He made an entire movie about it, right? Shooting Columbine. Entire movie about the need to remove weapons from society. Nobody should be allowed to have weapons. But yet, listen to this. Michael Moore's our guest. You own a gun. <laughs> well, I was, when I made the film Bowling for Columbine, I went to a local bank where they had a, a, a giveaway uh, if you opened up a, a certain uh, bank account, you know, a CD. You got a gun? Uh, you got a gun. Yeah, you used to get a toaster. Yeah, a gun? <laughs> They're handing out guns. So I, yeah, you so got I, one. So I got a gun, yeah. Uh, Where is uh, it? It's, it, well, actually, I'm, I'm thinking about raffling it off uh, to raise money for a good cause or something because I, I really... Uh, you feel funny with it around? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think that, that uh, you know, I have enough uh, security uh, where... I don't, you know, need to worry about that. Uh, so, good. Uh, you know, it's it's that's kind of well, it's not good actually. The fact that I why would I need security? I'm just making movies. <laughs> he sure finds a lot of humor in that for somebody who seems to take this very seriously, does he not? The man owns a gun. 
So he wouldn't have went into this bank, opened this account to get the gun and just say, at the end of it, say, no, you know what? I really don't want this gun. Or he wouldn't take it and dispose of it or turn it into the police. No, no. What's he going to do with it? This guy who thinks nobody should be allowed to have a gun is going to auction it off and give it to some good cause. Because that's not completely insane, is it? Yeah, I know it kind of is. So... Not to be left out of the conversation, of course, the failed presidential candidate for the Democratic Party, Hillary Clinton, had to come in. She had to weigh in on this thing. You know, she's still trying to figure out what happened in this election. She can't figure it out. I have no idea what happened in this election. How did I lose? Maybe stuff like this had something to do with it. It is a sign of the uh, deep dis function of this government and this Republican Party that has been taken over by extreme elements uh, to the point that they are doing whatever they're told to do. Do you feel like they're complicit, the GOP, the NRA, and the gun epidemic we're seeing in America? Of course they are. Of course they are. Of course they are. Of course they are. Yeah. Hey, hon, you lost because you trashed one quarter of the population of this country. That's why you lost. So you can now, I guess we can now add the NRA to this ever-growing list of 5,000 reasons why she lost. What happened? It was the day you called Americans a basketful of deplorables because you even drove away some of your own people by doing that. Yeah, so that's what happened. Could have been a really, really short book. Could have been a postcard, really, but... You know, she's got to turn it into a book and make a bunch of money off it. But anyway, so here's the thing. Entire, entire party is controlled by the gun lobby. Did you know this? See, I didn't know this. Here's the problem. Because there's a lot of people that are on the left that are also NRA members, that are also avid hunters, that are also gun owners. Like Michael Moore, for example. Right, Mikey? This is insane, folks complete insanity that we're dealing with here and it's always based on emotion there's no there's no thought for the victims there's no there's no caring there's no sympathy how many people did you hear this week come out and actually blame trump president trump for what happened it's his fault it's the republicans fault and, if it's, and after they blame you and say it's your fault, then they come out and talk about how you react to what they say. Because that's the real story here, isn't it? Yeah, no, see, it's really not. But that's what they try to make the story about is how we react to it. Because it shows that we're crazy. The CBS legal executive, vice president of legal affairs for CBS, not, not, not a low-level employee in the Cincinnati office. This is the vice president of legal affairs for CBS has no sympathy because most country music fans, as everybody knows, are gun-toting Trump supporters. Even if that were true, that's one of those vile and disgusting things anybody could say 24 hours, within 24 hours of this tragedy. But again, they honestly believe that their hatred is for the good, is for the betterment of society. If everybody hated like them, we would be such a wonderful place. It would be a great place to live in. These people are the biggest hypocrites on the face of this earth. The biggest hypocrites on the face of this earth. Period. It's not even close. 
You get, look, look what's going on in Hollyweird right now, right? You've got this Harvey Weinstein thing. Here's this guy who was a bundler for Obama, raised nearly a million dollars for Barack Obama's election. He's big, huge, big, huge supporter of women's rights and equality for women. Except when he's answering this hotel room door in a bathrobe, asking him to come in and watch them, watch him bathe. But he, what, what was his reasoning for that? His reasoning was, well, you know, he grew up in the '60s and the '70s, and you know that was really just it. That was pretty acceptable then. On what planet? What planet was that acceptable? Did do any of you ever remember a time when it was okay for a man to invite a woman up to his hotel room, answer the door in a bathrobe, and ask her to come in and watch him bathe? What planet are these people are? What are they smoking? Are we still doing the LSD stuff? Is it still Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds? What are we doing here? It was never, never okay. But here's the thing, because we've said this many times in the program before. Feminism, women's rights movement, has nothing to do with feminism. It has nothing to do with women's rights. It has to do with who you vote for. It has to do with what your ideology is. So you've got some of the biggest feminists in the world right now coming out and supporting this man. Oh, no, he's a great guy. And yeah, sure, it sounds like it sounds kind of like a perv to me. What do you think? But this is who these people are. Let's go, let's go to football for a minute. Because the NFL taking a big stand, right? Because, oh, they're against police violence and they're, they're against oppression. And, and they're for the rights of all people. And nobody should be diminished. Nobody should be demeaned. Okay, fair enough. How about one of the most outspoken people when it comes to the defense of Colin Kaepernick, the defense of kneeling, the defense of disrespecting our veterans, uh, our military, and our flag, the representative. It's just a piece of cloth, they'll tell us. No, no, no. It's the United States flag. It represents this country. It represents the greatest nation in the history of the world. That's what it represents. But if you say that, then, of course, you know, you're the one with the problem, and that's liberalism in a nutshell. But I want you to listen to this. Because we just talked about Harvey Weinstein, right? Okay, Hollyweird. So let's go to the NFL. How does the NFL feel about women? Because, you know, I mean, come on. Liberals are all about feminism, women's rights. Well, here is the quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. Listen to this. He gets asked a question by a female reporter. Now, big, big woman's rights guy here supports feminism. Listen to this. I know you take a lot of pride in seeing your receivers play well. Devin Funches has seemed to really embrace the physicality of his routes and, and making, getting those extra yards. Does that give you a little bit of an enjoyment to see him kind of truck-taking people out there? It's funny to hear a female talk about routes. Like, funny. Biggest hypocrites on the face of the earth. Period. Not even a close second. It, was that not absolutely, completely disrespectful to women? Now, he's getting a little bit of backlash. I'll say that. So the team comes out and says, well, you know, after the, after the press camp conference, Cam sat down with the reporter and, and apologized and really cleared this out. Here's what's going on in this country right now, because typically that would be the end of it, because they're liberals and the media is liberal. And, you know, you know, how it's, you know how it works. It's not like get us crawled out from a cave somewhere, or open up a cave somewhere. So here's the thing. The reporter comes back and says, 
Um, not only did he not apologize, he kind of doubled down on it and kind of mocked me a little bit more. This is the, the first time in a long time, I guess. I, I can't say how far back I'd have to think of to come up with an example is where the left is starting to eat their own. And they're starting to say, hey, that's it. You had have, you have this week, you had Black Lives Matter come in and shut down a speech given by the ACLU. Folks, they're starting to eat their own because they are so consumed with anger. And it all began the night of November 8th when they went, uh-oh, she might not win. And the media is furious because they guaranteed us she would. She had a 99% chance of winning the election on November 8th. November 9th, not so much. It was the 1%, which I find it very ironic because these are the guys that use the 99% versus the 1%. I think that's just, I don't know, just a little icing on the cake for me. But these people are hypocrites. The Harvey Weinstein, this guy's going to come out smelling like roses. They, they are going to do a PR campaign. And who's it going to be done by? Feminists, right? Feminists. Yeah, those are the ones that are going to stick up for this guy. They're the ones that are going to resurrect his career. They're going to make him look like some kind of angel because he gives a lot of money to Democrats. You know, I don't know. He gives the money to people like Elizabeth Warren. There's Kamala Harris. But, of course, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, Chuck Schumer. It goes on and on and on. So, of course, they're going to protect him. They have to protect him because they're fully invested in him. They need the money, especially now with the coffers drying up a little bit on the left. So interesting times that we're living in, but it's the insanity of the times right now. And I, if people ask me what is Donald Trump's greatest accomplishment to date, and I would say it's the complete insanity he's driven the left to. I mean, these people are exposing themselves on a daily basis, and it's kind of interesting and somewhat entertaining to watch, except when they're shooting at us, then, well, not so much. Right back after this. A-Game Consulting Services is an industry leader in the implementation of lean manufacturing techniques. If your business is suffering from declining profits during these difficult economic times, contact A-Game Consulting Services today. The staff at A-Game Consulting Services has been implementing lean manufacturing at businesses around the world for many years now. Whether you're a small business or a major corporation, lean manufacturing can have an immediate impact on your bottom line. Here's what former Speaker of the House and presidential candidate Newt Gingrich had to say about lean manufacturing. They should institute Lean Six Sigma across the entire federal government. A hard idea for Washington reporters to cover, but an important idea because it's the key to American manufacturing success. Although the principles of lean have been around for several years, no business does a better job of implementing this proven methodology than A-Game Consulting Services. Their staff of master black belts will create a detailed plan specific to your organization. Imagine having a workforce that functions in complete harmony, all working towards achieving well-defined company goals. Or how about being able to find and eliminate unnecessary waste that exists in every business? Regardless of your business model, A-Game Consulting Services has a program that will work for you. So if you're looking for a surefire way to improve your bottom line, contact A-Game Consulting Services today at 904-435-8414. That's 904-435-8414. Or email them for more information at info at visitacs.com. That's 
info at visitacs.com. As a proud sponsor of this program, just mention The Don Smith Show and you'll receive a free no-obligation consultation. Contact us today and you'll be on your way to developing your A-game. Been looking for an online gathering place? You know, a familiar screen does everything you're used to except give you grief for being a conservative? You've got to try the Tea Party community. At TPC, you'll know how everything works from the very first minute, and you'll probably find a lot of friends who are already there. Organize, communicate, share ideas, upcoming events, pictures, and videos. The Tea Party community connects and empowers like-minded, politically conservative people. Like you, sign up today at TeaPartyCommunity.com. Are you among the 64% of Americans who believe our country is going in the wrong direction? If yes, then eVoiceAmerica.com is the political take action site we've all been waiting for. And it's really free. eVoice America provides your personal list of elected reps every time you log on. This makes it so easy to email your opinions and e-votes on top issues directly to each of our D.C. elected representatives. eVoice then publishes our e-vote majority percentages on top issues to each member of Congress and the media. Now, for the first time in history, we can know what millions of American citizens are telling Congress. No more gridlock. Join the new American majority using eVoiceAmerica.com, putting Americans in control of Congress. Visit eVoiceAmerica.com today. It's free and easy to use. That's eVoiceAmerica.com. Is it time to expand and open offices in Sao Paulo and London? A long-term lease will be like a short, tight noose. And furnishing those will be as much fun as a tax audit. You guys always give me such great negative feedback. Fear and doubt holding you back? Now there's a new way to work to minimize risk. With Regis, you get fully equipped offices without a long-term lease, a receptionist, conference rooms, and over 1,100 locations around the world. Regis is the new way to work. Call now and get two months free. Wouldn't it be nice if there was an easier, less expensive option than a traditional lawyer? At LegalZoom, you get personalized services for your family and your business that's 100% guaranteed. So go to LegalZoom.com today for personalized, affordable legal protection. Hi, this is former Congressman Lieutenant Colonel Retired Alan West. Hi, this is Ben Shapiro, New York Times bestselling author of Bullies and Editor-at-Large of Breitbart News. Hi, I'm Charlie Daniels, and I'm on the Don Smith Show, where it is okay. In fact, it's wonderful to be a conservative. Welcome back to the show, and of course, you'll hear from Charlie Daniels coming up in just a little bit. Also, Mr. Ted Nugent and President Donald Trump. Talk, we're going to talk with, uh, I want to play the clip from you, from President Trump, when we talked about, again, he was the candidate at the time and just taken over the lead in the primary race. And that was one of the things that really seemed to stick in his craw was the Iran nuclear deal. And this week, of course, we're expecting an announcement on whether we recertify or do we pull out and trying to give you a little bit of insight, at least on what his uh, thought process was back at that time. So uh, I thought it was a pretty interesting part of that interview, and um, he, he really laid it out on how he felt about it. And uh, so I think I think that gives us an 
indication of what we're going to hear from him this week. Uh, if we will or not, I guess time will tell on that. So just talking about the craziness that's going on in this country here today. And I actually want to let me take you back here a few weeks because we didn't do a show that week. Uh, we were in New York City. My wife and I went to New York City, stayed right in Times Square. And we're walking around one night. And, and this is just to illustrate where we're at in this country. And, and if you go to New York City, which is a great city, uh, a lot of stuff to do there. And just uh, we had a great time. But they're, they're kind of a bit, kind of like the state of California. They're a little bit ahead of, I think, the rest of the country when it comes to lawlessness. And, of course, certainly uh, Mayor de Blasio has got to play a role in that as well. But So we're walking around. We're in Times Square. And we're right by where the ball drops. So pretty uh, high traffic area and uh, for, for pedestrians, right? This area is set up for pedestrians, not for people to drive their vehicles down and here comes uh, a couple bikers, right? right? And then not like uh, not like the Hell's Angels or anything like that. I call them the Snapper Heads, but there's like 50 of these of these bikers, and they're on so they're on like motocross bikes, they're on ATVs, four wheelers, uh, all these different uh, types of motorcycles. They're tearing down the pedestrian area. People are jumping out of the way. They're stopping and they're doing burnouts and they're hooting and hollering. And the craziest thing I've ever seen. Right next door is, is the actual police department for Times Square. And they're all just standing there looking out the window, watching these guys. There's like 50 of them, mostly pretty young people and no respect at all for the people walking through. If you've been to Times Square, you understand that it's a pretty highly foot-trafficked area. No regard for anybody. No regard for the safety of anyone but the police did absolutely nothing. Now, I'm, not a, I'm, not, I'm a big supporter of our police force, and I'm sure I've got to imagine that those police officers inside that office would kind of like to have wanted to do something about this. I could not believe that they wouldn't. There was no reaction at all. They were just watching them. Again, there's like 50 of these things. One of the most incredible things I've ever, I've ever seen when it comes to lawlessness in this country. So is this, this, was, this was the choice. We had on November 8th. We had a choice between returning to laws, law and order. And that's really, uh, that was Donald Trump's message, was law and order, the law of the land. Hillary Clinton was the exact opposite. Hillary Clinton didn't want to figure out how to stop somebody like uh, Stephen Paddock in Las Vegas. She wanted to hold the gun manufacturers accountable. Think about that for a minute. The, the number of weapons that this guy had in his room all from different manufacturers, she would have used this opportunity, used it, to go after every single gun manufacturer in the United States, and then beyond some. They weren't all American weapons. So just let that sink in for a minute, because it's a really, for me, not that there was ever any consideration of being with her, but that right there showed the level of insanity, showed the radical element of this party and she's the mom she's supposed to be the moderate there's all these terms the, the far right the all this stuff and when it comes to democrats there's there is only the far left and if all you have left is the far left then that's just the left right the reason people use terms like the alt-right and the radical right and the far right and all these different things is because there are different elements of conservatism. There's different elements within the GOP. You've, we've got, unfortunately, we've got the people like John McCain and uh, Lindsey Graham and those kind of folks. 
But and then you've got the Ted Cruz's and the. So I mean, there is. Remember when the left used to be the big party tent, the party of the big tent, right? Yeah, not so much. You got Joe Manchin and everybody else when it comes to the left. For crying out loud, their number two candidate was a socialist, an admitted socialist, not somebody that's everybody went, well, that guy's a socialist. No, this guy was an admitted socialist. But this is where we're at right now. Do we want law and order? Do, do laws mean anything? What a, look at this tragedy. The first thing that comes out of their mouths on the left is we've got to pass new laws. But new laws? that no, You've got sanctuary cities. You people are endorsing sanctuary cities across this country. They've got a sanctuary state now. Yeah, tell me more about passing laws. What laws that you can choose which ones you're going to enforce and which ones you're not going to enforce, which ones you're going to follow and which ones you're not going to follow. That's not law and order. Law and order is we have laws and people follow the laws. It's pretty cut and dry. It's not a complicated process. But this is, hey, it's where we're at right now. And it's kind of scary. And these people, on a daily basis, are spewing hatred. Did, uh, certainly, you've all heard the comments by former First Lady Michelle Obama talking about, well, women, they just, you know, they, you, you, you're not even a respectable woman. If you did not vote for Hillary Clinton, you were supposed to vote for her because you're a woman. You know, pe- people do need a little bit more than that. People would, uh, there's a lot of people that would love to have the first female president. Not her. Right? And that's what they said. They said, okay, yeah, I'm all about having a female president, but not this one. So you've got Michelle Obama out trying to shame everybody, and now, again, with the race card. So if you didn't hear this, listen to this clip from former First Lady Michelle Obama. One side, all men, all white. On the other side, some women, some people of color. I look at that and I go, no wonder. No wonder we struggle. No wonder people don't trust politics. No, I think maybe eight years of you and your husband in the White House might have had something to do with it. But thanks for your feedback there, Michelle. What a snotty, nasty woman. If anybody should be walking around with one of those shirts that says nasty on it, it's Michelle Obama, right? This is the lady that, when her husband got elected, said my husband could get shot pumping gas. Remember that? Just because he's black, just because of the color of his skin, he was the first black president of the United States of America. She was the first black first lady of the United States of America. So, Michelle Eh, I won't say it. I'll be, uh, I'll be nice. When she goes low, I go high. You know, the hilarity of this, when you look at Hillary Clinton, you look at Hillary Clinton and her book, what happened? What happened? I have no idea what happened. You had the former first lady who at that time was trying to sound like she was taking the high road. She wasn't talking about, first, I got to address this. You heard the clip. You know who's in the Republican Party. Are they all men? Are they all white men? Because that would be a lie. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if Melania Trump made that comment or any comment like that? How quickly they would trip over themselves to fact check her, right? 
Yeah, Michelle Obama, no, not so much. It's, that's really not important. It's just that they're all white men, which, of course, again, is absolutely not true. But, hey, you know, she's going to get away with saying it because the media is on their side, and it's just the way it is. It's just the way it is, and, and it's dangerous. It's gotten to the point where it's just complete, completely dangerous when you have these people making these comments that are completely untrue. Nobody says anything about it. Nobody says, geez, um, uh, uh, former first lady, uh, what about you know, Nikki Haley, what about whatever? It doesn't matter. You could throw all the facts up in the world, and it would not matter. She's going to say what she's going to say, and they are going to support her because that's the way the system is today. It's the way the system is. The only person that actually pushes back on this stuff, and this is why they hate her. So you want to talk about, you want to talk about feminism, you want to talk about women's rights and all these kinds of things, and the left being so very, very concerned about women. Um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Yeah, they love her, don't they? Love, love Kellyanne Conway. They love Ivanka Trump, Melania Trump, Sarah Palin. We could go on and on. Nikki Haley. No, they hate their guts. With every fiber of their being, they hate these people. So they're not about women's rights. They're not about feminism. They're about liberalism because that's all you can be about if you are a liberal is liberalism. You just put it into the context, right? The NAACP, they're not, they have nothing to do with the advancement of colored people anymore. They have to do with the advancement of liberalism. Planned Parenthood, the advancement of liberalism. Every name a group, pick a group and tell me that they don't, that this is not what they're all about. It's the advancement of liberalism. And if you, if you ever catch one of these times, if you haven't caught one before, tape it or something. But watch one of these press conferences. Watch the media out there with these scowls on their face and that smarmy look that they get, right? You've all seen it. The, all of them do it. They don't know anything else but being smarmy and condescending and elitist. And this is why they hate Sarah Huckers. <laughs> you know what I mean. Sanders, right? Huckabee Sanders. So yesterday, if you didn't catch this one, so here's Jim Acosta, right? CNN, big guy. He was the guy that really has gotten under uh, President Trump's craw during the primary race, and he's just the smarmiest guy you'd ever want to hear. Listen to this exchange between him and Sarah Huckabee Sanders. First follow up on that. So when, when, people, when people are, when they sort of catch their breath in this town, when they sort of hold their breath in this town, when he says something like that, uh, you have a smile on your face. I mean, is that I just, like somewhat satisfying? No, I just uh, picture people in this town actually holding their breath. That might be a welcome surprise for most of America. Go ahead. And then she goes on to the next question, next over here. That's awesome. So, okay, Sean Spicer did the best job he could, but Huckabee <laughs> Sanders is awesome at this. So here's this Acosta. Looking at her all smarmy, and she gets this smile on her face, and he, it drives him nuts. You could just see the veins sticking out in his forehead. <laughs> it was awesome. This is, this is what we've got to do. We've got to push back against this stuff and not let these narratives take hold. So when I hear people talking about caving for the bump stocks, and folks, don't ever forget what the left is actually telling us now. 
If Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, if these people were really about gun control, would they not? Would they not? Because they've had no success in it whatsoever. Would they not take whatever they could get? Ask yourself that question. If they genuinely wanted to do something, to genuinely pass a law, because again, as soon as this happened, immediately they came out and said, we've got to do something. So people would ask them, well, what would you do specifically? Well, I don't know specifically if there's anything we could do to change any of this, but we've got to do something. Now, that's not true. That's not true. And the leaders of the Democrat Party are telling us that now. They're not going to take whatever they can get. If they really wanted to do something, they would incre- like they normally do, they would do it incrementally. They would say, okay, we'll take this, and then we'll go after this, and then we'll go after this, which is why so many on the right, especially the gun lobby, the NRA, this is why you don't give in to these people, because it will never, ever, ever, ever be enough. There will always be a gun. You cannot confiscate all the weapons in this country. You just can't. It's impossible. Right? Think about this. There's right now, there's over, what, 150 million guns in this country. These were people that said you couldn't deport 11 million people. It's impossible. But supposedly they think you could actually confiscate 150 million guns. Think of the logic of that. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. But never forget that these people, and I am saying this right here. I am saying that these people really don't want anything done about guns. It's a talking point. It's a, it's a campaign platform. My proof is Nancy Pelosi, in her own words, listen to this one more time. Now, keep in mind, if they really wanted to do something about gun control, again, they, they're the ones who are saying we've got to do something. If they really wanted to, they would take this. They would say they would jump on this bump stock issue and they would say, yes, let's take this. And then, now we'll go after something else. They, they could say this is a start. We did something. But listen to Nancy Pelosi in her own words, the leader of the House for the Democrats. So what? They're going to say that if you give them bump stock, it's going to be the slippery slope? I certainly hope so. But I don't think bump stock should be a substitute for the background check. And by the way, the background check is a compromise. There are many more things members want to do. If she really wanted to do something, she would take whatever she could get. They're not in power. They control nothing right now. Now, not that that's doing us much good on our side, but they control nothing. Nobody has to talk about anything. Bump stocks, background checks, we don't have to talk about anything. So here you've got people like Paul Ryan, the president, saying, I'm willing to have a conversation about it. Nope. She says, I don't care if you think it's a slippery slope. I certainly hope it is. If she wanted something done, she would have never said that, ever. She just said, well, at least they're being reasonable and they're willing to sit down and discuss this. And, you know, she would have given some kind of political mumbo-jumbo answer. But she didn't. She was quite specific. So, hey, you know, it is what it is. Now, sometimes I've got to give some credit to people in the media that I truly despise. One of them is Geraldo Rivera, and he's been pretty tough on his supposed friend, President Donald Trump, when it comes to anything, right? He always starts out with, well, we're very good friends, and then he trashes him. So at least when he was in Puerto Rico, this is this past week, he did actually confront 
the mayor of San Juan. And I, I thought this was, this was really interesting because she's walking around with these shirts on. Apparently, okay, so she has no time to attend FEMA meetings. I don't know if you know this or not. She has not attended one single meeting with FEMA since they've been there. Not one. Very concerned about the people of San Juan, but not quite enough to go to a FEMA meeting and say, hey, listen, we're dying here because that's her big thing. We're dying here. She has plenty of time to get T-shirts made up that say we're dying here, but not quite enough time to go to FEMA meetings to actually help the people because it's all a political ploy. This is, this is a psychotic woman. So she keeps saying the statement, we're dying here, people are dying everywhere in the streets. But do we not hear this? As conservatives, do we not hear this with every single argument, whether it was Obamacare, because there were bodies piled up. I don't know if you never noticed this or ever saw the people, but there were apparently bodies piled up everywhere, right? And that's why we needed Obamacare. They always use this. But at least, at least Geraldo Rivera finally said something to this mayor and pushed back against her. I don't know if you've heard this one or not, but listen to this exchange. FEMA people, HHS people all have their heart in the right place. I have gotten tremendous... How about the President of the United States? I, I think the President needs to get the information uh, that, that he needs to get. And apparently uh, he hasn't been getting it or he hasn't been watching the news. But are people, are people dying? I've been, I've been traveling around. I, I don't see people dying. I spoke to the doctors. They saw 53 patients, and they had a septic, a person who was septic, but nobody dying. I, I wonder. Well, dying is a continuum, right? Oh, see, so people really aren't dying, but it's a continuum, right? Because that makes sense. It, it seems perfectly okay to this woman to you know, use this rhetoric and claim that people are dying even though they're not. Liberals always live in an alternative reality, and their realities are driven by narratives, by false narratives in most cases, and this is a great example. So, got to give credit where credit's due. Not a big fan of Geraldo, but, hey, I mean, somebody had to ask that. He was the first, and to my knowledge, the only one to ask that very simple, straightforward question. I don't see people dying. You keep saying people are dying. Your T-shirt says people are dying. But I don't really see people dying. She admits it herself. Well, people dying is a continuum. Oh, isn't that fantastic? Well, again, it's great to be back. Uh, happy to have you all of you here. We've got some comments from President Donald Trump coming up and also Ted Nugent and Charlie Daniels interviews. But right now, it's time for our weekly Vets in the Fight sit rep by our good friends at Special Operations Speaks and Vets in the Fight. So here it is. Good afternoon, Vets in the Fight. This is David Miller with your weekly Special Operations Speaks Vets in the Fight sit rep hosted by the Don Smith Show. Well, SOS and Vets in the Fight offer our sincerest prayers and deepest sympathies to the families of our fallen Special Forces brothers recently killed in the country of Niger, Africa. They are Staff Sergeant Brian Black, 35, of Washington State, Staff Sergeant Jeremiah Johnson, 39, from Ohio, and 29-year-old Staff Sergeant Dustin Wright from Georgia. The fourth U.S. soldier killed has been found and is yet unnamed as of this sit rep. 
These are the men that run to the sound of gunfire, who do not shrink from duty, honor, country, no matter where that duty takes them, and who take their oaths of service deathly seriously. Our military families assume great risk and responsibility every day they are in service. And for that, we as a nation can be proud. We pray for those now on the ground who are undoubtedly in pursuit and will close in with and destroy those responsible. Godspeed. Now on an entirely different plane, we are rocked at reports of U.S. Army 2nd Lieutenant Spencer Rapone. West Point class of 2015 assigned to the 10th Mountain Division, being exposed as a communist sympathizer, supporter of ISIS, and openly promoting the destruction of the United States. Photos of him in West Point uniform wearing a Che Guevara t-shirt and with a message inside his service cap saying, communism will win is something outside all of our lengthy military experience. It seems that Rapone was mentored in the ways of ISIS and terrorism by a member of the West Point faculty, one Professor Rashid Hassim, who has uh, recently been placed on administrative leave of absence. <laughs> Interestingly, in 2015, a law professor at West Point was fired for openly criticizing colleagues who were at least neutral on ISIS and in some cases supportive. Let that sink in. When Special Operations Speaks began tracking the Obama administration's efforts to dismantle our instruments of national power, we found much that served to diminish our military capabilities. Obama's war on chaplains, self-defeating rules of engagement, and a range of social engineering. Little did we know that our premier service academy faculty had been infiltrated by ISIS sympathizers and fledgling communist lieutenants. Houston. We have a problem. The Pentagon, bean counters, and beltway bandits keep hollering. We need billions more dollars in spare parts, billions to replace ships the Navy keeps crashing into commercial shipping, and the obligatory more money for F-35s. We need, in our humble view, to return to the drawing boards and give priority to a full reassessment of the leader and leadership atmosphere and purpose of our military. At unit level, we call this a command climate review. We believe that the military service academies serve as a barometer of an undermining of duty, honor, country, more profound than our dime model could have ever indicated. America has a crisis in military command, forged on the evil anvil of the Obama assault on our military instrument of national power. All general and flag officers appointed by Obama and the U.S. Congress over the past six or more years had to have passed Obama's ideological muster. And now we are witness to this disease manifesting itself in our service academies. This does not bode well for America's ability to defend against threats, foreign and domestic. Think of it as one of Obama's ideological time bombs left in place to detonate somewhere down the road as he watches grinning from the safety of his so-called presidential library in Chicago, paid for by the American taxpayer and, of course, special interests. The Washington deep state shadow government remains a threat to our republic. Now, yesterday we were notified of one of the many tragedies to unfold at the massacre in Las Vegas. Retired Army Special Forces Sergeant Tony Burditis of Martinsburg, Virginia, and his wife of 32 years, Denise, 
were attending the concert, overwatched by the Mandalay Bay firing position that rained death on the crowd of 22,000 below. Trying to seek cover, Denise Brunias was fatally wounded, dying in the arms of our Special Forces brother. Many of us watched the Sean Hannity interview with Tony, at that point not knowing that he was a Green Beret. America was struck by the strength of Tony's words and love for his wife and his declaration that he would not give up any of his rights and give his wife's murder one more victory. There's a GoFundMe page for Denise. and Go to the Bruditis family page to read a brief statement. Donate if you can. This is David Miller for a morning but ever-ready Special Operations Speaks and Vets in the Fight. Wishing you a safe and blessed week ahead. Deo Presso Leader. Patriotic Warriors is a grassroots organization built to engage our community. While others talk about preserving our constitutional republic, Patriotic Warriors is taking action to restore the American dream. If you're truly concerned about the future of this great nation, visit PatrioticWarriors.com today. The time is now. PatrioticWarriors.com. That's PatrioticWarriors.com. Have you ever been frustrated when you go to the doctor and are asked to fill out forms over and over again? And you're asked for information that you don't remember, or you have to submit the same form to multiple organizations. And each time you are asked to fill out the same form by hand. What about filling out business or legal forms, all manually? Maybe you've spent a lot of time filling out a form, made sure that everything is correct, and oops, the person who re-entered the data into the computer system made several mistakes. Why couldn't you do it from home in advance, where you can find all of the necessary documents? Now you can at Formateer.com. The next time you need a form filled out, the information can be found right at your fingertips. If you're an individual, you may find some forms ready to use on Formateer.com. Or we may be able to create a custom form for you at a very low cost or no cost at all. If you're a small business, Formateer.com will be happy to create a set of forms or a complete data entry solution for your business needs. If you're a business that provides software, IT solutions, or both to another business, Formateer.com has a great solution for you as well. Our parent company, RenderX, provides software and solutions to a very diversified group, from individuals to Fortune 500 companies. Even the United States government budget is formatted with RenderX software. With Formateer.com, customers can fill out forms from their homes in advance when and where they have all the required information, or they can edit information that has changed if they filled out the form previously. No writing for them, no data reentry for you. Form filling solutions for businesses or individuals at Formateer.com. That's Formateer.com. The TeaPartyCommunity.com website was built to provide an online safe haven social community for all of the Tea Parties across America to utilize and enjoy. Tea Party Community serves as a hub for sharing ideas, unifying a movement, and organizing strategies to keep America in her rightful place as the greatest nation on earth. Visit TeaPartyCommunity.com today to open your free account.
At TeaPartyCommunity.com, we welcome all factions of the Tea Party and conservative movements to join us here and establish their presence. Upgraded and special privileged accounts are available for large conservative groups and nonprofit organizations. Join TeaPartyCommunity.com today and get involved in the process of taking our country back. My mother froze everything. I was 18 years old before I had my first fresh bun. The invention that I came up with is the Hot Dog Easy Bun Steamer. Steam is the key to a great hot dog. I knew it was going to be a success. The invention was so simple that I knew I needed to protect it. My name is Chris Chute, and I got my patent, trademark, and LLC on LegalZoom. We created LegalZoom to help people start their business and launch their dreams. Go to LegalZoom today and make your business dream a reality. At LegalZoom.com, we put the law on your side. Denine Borelli, author of Blacklash. Hi, I'm Senator Mike Lee. Hi, this is Governor Scott Walker and the Don Smith Show, where it's okay to be a conservative. So a few months back, I had the opportunity to sit down with country music legend Charlie Daniels. Now, he's got a great book coming out, and at the time, he had uh, just completed the book. Uh, This is a time now when I think you can actually go and order the book, and I would highly recommend it. Uh, Sounds pretty interesting to me. I haven't read it, but (laughs) I'm highly recommending it anyway because it's my friend Charlie Daniels. So I wanted to replay that interview. We talked about the Second Amendment and and his thoughts about it. Now, here's the reality, and I'm going to say this. As somebody who doesn't think we should cave on anything when it comes to the Second Amendment, this is why. It's because of the comment made by Nancy Pelosi, where she finally admitted there would never be any compromise. There's no such thing as compromising when it comes to taking away our Second Amendment rights. And this is the problem. Because look look at the bump stocks. Okay, so fair enough. Should people have bump stocks in, uh, in a case like what happened in Las Vegas? It can make it far more deadly. I understand that. The problem is the left, not the right, not the gun lobby, not the NRA, the left has made it impossible to have any kind of a conversation. When you know what their true, true aim is, there is no way that you could have a reasonable conversation with them. Because why? That's right, because nothing would be enough. Period. So we had an opportunity with Charlie Daniels to talk a little bit about the Second Amendment and uh, how President Trump was doing at the time. And, uh, of course, anybody who knows Charlie Daniels knows he's an outspoken conservative and not shy about his views whatsoever. So here was my sit-down with Mr. Charlie Daniels. Well, it's my pleasure to have one of the legends in the music industry. He is also one of the hardest working men out there and... I don't know anybody who supports our veterans more than Mr. Charlie Daniels. Charlie, welcome back to the Don Smith Show. Thank you, Don. It's good to be with you again, buddy. Thank you. Well, I've got to start out. I want to get into, you've got a book coming out, you've got a new album, you're on tour. Again, one of the hardest working people I know in the industry. But I've got to say, on behalf of my listeners who I announced last week on the show you were going to be on, and they, the overwhelming response was, please tell Charlie, thank you for standing up for President Trump throughout the election. Uh, 
What, what are your thoughts about this uh, election cycle and the results? Well, it has been a, uh, a tumultuous, the most tumultuous one I ever remember. And I've been, I, when I was born, Roosevelt was president, so you know how many of these I've been through. I think the political process has gotten to be way too much of a game for a lot of people. Uh, I just wish that our congressmen and senators would take things a little more serious and put put their knives away and sit down and work things out. Get them, you know, that, that's what we send them for. We don't send them to argue with each other, but to get things worked out. And it's common ground they can find. Uh, I think that if uh, they should give this president a chance, if he's as bad as they say he is, he'll fall on his rear end. But give him a shot, you know. Yeah. I think they're more afraid of his success than they are his failure. Yeah. So um, let's let's see what he can do. You know, he said he can do a lot. Let's see if he can. And if he does, it's all good for America. Might be bad for the Democratic Party, but it'll be good for America. <laughs> but I don't think it's any whatsoever what way it ought to be. It's what's good for the for America. It's good for, for both parties. Yeah. Exactly. You know. Yeah. So you know what, what, I, I don't know. I'm kind of with. Well, I was just going to say, well, I know one of the things that you're very passionate about, and as well as myself and many of my listeners, is Second Amendment. And I think we heard some kind of crazy stuff, I thought, coming from the left during the debates. And we were talking about holding gun manufacturers responsible financially for crazy people doing crazy things. And I thought that was a little bit scary, so I'm feeling a little bit better about the future of our well, Second it's, Amendment. It's, it's worse than that. Now, it's downright stupid. I mean, you can take that right on into every everything that happens. I tell you what, let's do. If we're going to do that. Let's start holding our politicians responsible for the bills that go wrong. They get us in debt when they don't keep the budget right. Every time they go in debt, let's put them in jail. Yeah. Let's hold them responsible. I mean, this thing it could go on and on and on. That is ridiculous. People have to be responsible for themselves. And I, I get so tired of hearing people talk about guns, people that don't know anything about guns. I've been around guns all my life. I can't remember when I had to be around guns. I got my first one, my first one, but my very own, not the first time I shot one, but the first gun of my very own when I was about 12 years old. And the first thing I was taught was gun safety. I did the same thing with my son and my grandson. It's like, this is how you do it. You don't ever point a gun at anybody loaded or unloaded that you don't want to kill or anything you don't want to kill. You learn the safety rules. You learn what they do. You learn how dangerous they are. And, you know, and, and people that don't realize that and they want to blame everything, they want an easy way out. They want to blame, you can blame crime on guns and, oh, great, let's just clean up the guns and get go away. You're not going to do away with crime or clean up guns. You're going to exacerbate it. You're going to make it worse. You will disarm the honest people. So a lot of that stuff's absolutely silly. It's crazy. It don't make any sense. And I have read the Second Amendment, and the Second Amendment says that we shall have the right to keep and bear arms. It's that plain, that simple, that easy for people to understand. I don't understand all the Constitution as well as I do that part of it, but that part of it I do because it's in plain, everyday language. So all of this fuss and carrying on is, you know, I tell you, the last election is a result of that kind of, that, that very kind of thing. I mean, they just play right into, uh, into Mr. Trump's hands because he said, I will defend the Second Amendment. And he says, uh, Islamic uh, terror, radical Islamic terror. He says a lot of things that President Obama never would say. And it makes you feel, you know, like at least this guy's, 
you know, he's aware of the problems. So I, I think that's uh, basically what happened in the election is America said, you know, let's try something different. So we are. Let's hope it works out. Yeah, well said. And I think that's what it was. I think a lot of it was people want to hear things straight. They don't sugarcoat it, all the Orwellian stuff that had been going on over the last eight years. I think it had a lot to do with it. Hey, you're out on tour. You're down here in Florida, rocking out Florida. How's the tour going? Tour's going good. We're having a good time. We're just doing, uh, every year we, we do a new set because we play a lot of the same places and we don't want people to, you know, have to hear the exact same songs over and over and over. Of course, it's always songs we're going to do every year. Devil went down to Georgia, long-haired, cool, country boy, and that kind of thing. But then we want to add some spice to it. So every year we do a new set. So we're doing a new set. And it's always fun doing that. It's always fun playing new music. we got some songs that are brand new that we just wrote. And we've also got some old songs that we have added. And we have songs that we get a lot of requests for that we never get a chance to play because it, uh, we have a limited amount of time that we can play. So we have to uh, we have to pick and choose. So we put a few songs in that you haven't heard us play in a while. So we're having fun at it. I think y'all will too. Absolutely. That sounds like a great time. Yeah, I've got to bring this up because I have my good friend Chuck Woolery on from time to time on the program. He actually mentioned, because he started out in the music industry as a singer, had a, I don't know, a top yeah. 40 hit. He said that you actually played a studio guitar in one of his tracks. Yeah, I remember I remember Chuck when he was in Nashville. Uh, him and, and another good friend of mine, uh, Bubba Fowler, they had a, a duet together. And they, yeah, they used to record in Nashville. Uh, Chuck went on to do great things in television. I'm proud of him. He did, yeah, he did, and he is also outspoken, and uh, I love the way he puts things as well. Let's talk about the veterans, Charlie, because I know this okay. is something that's really near and dear to your heart, and you do a lot of work with them. We have a lot of veterans listening right now. Tell us about what you've got going on right now with the Journey Home Project. We have all kinds of things going on. We are uh, we actually allocate money to we raise money and allocate money to different. Sometimes it's an individual. Sometimes it's an organization. We have done uh, things as diverse. Of course, it's all done by application. We have uh, we have applications that are put in, and then the board votes on it. But we've done things as as diverse as uh, having helping a college uh, build a, a veteran center at uh, Middle Tennessee University to helping a guy buy a car, helping somebody get a room full of furniture or something like that. Whatever we can do to make the the journey home, uh, as the organization is named for, simpler and and easier for our veterans. Because sometimes, I don't say it seems like a very mundane task to most of us who haven't been through it, but uh, sometimes the journey home is not as, as simple and easy for some of our veterans as it is for others. And we try to be there for them to try to help meet their needs and uh, help them in whatever way we can. Getting educations, we've been involved in that. So uh, we're doing whatever we can. It'd be hard to, I couldn't even say one thing that we had done more than others, but we're, we're there to help. Let's just put it like that. Yeah, and the work you guys do is just amazing, and it's so needed, especially, I think, right now. And I think that maybe even played a role in this election. I want to, I want to read a quote from you, and this is on the Journey Home Project website. And I want to get your reaction as it relates to your concern for uh, some of the lack of treatment or some of the stories we're hearing about uh, the VA and things like that. Here's the quote. 
And I learned early in my life that only two things protected America. The grace of Almighty God and the United States military. It was, way the, it was then, it, it is that way now, and will forever be that way, as long as America remains a free and sovereign nation. What are your thoughts right now of some of the things we're hearing about the VA? And I mean, we've got them not hanging pictures up of President Trump, and, but it's more so about the treatment to our veterans. It's absolutely unacceptable. It is a disgrace on the face of the United States of America, an organization that spent $100 million on art, of all things. And, I mean, they, they, this, this, this ain't going to work. Our veterans, we owe them an unpayable debt of gratitude. We can never, if we do the very best we can, we can never pay these guys and girls for going over and laying their lives on the line for us. And taking, not taking care of them when they come home is totally unacceptable. And I'm hoping that our new president will make that a priority and will restaff what needs. There's a lot of good people, a lot of dedicated people in the Veterans Administration. The rank-and-file people, the people who actually do the work in their own hands, treatment, that sort of thing. The problem is that the incompetence is at the top, and that's what's got to be replaced. You've got to cut head off the snake and, and, and put another one on it. And then somebody's going to kick some butt and go down through the ranks and get it done. But whatever it is and whatever it takes, I hope our new president will be dedicated to it and will take care of this thing because we will not sit by and see our veterans treated the way they've been treated. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And everybody check out the Journey Home Project, but also Charlie and Hazel Daniels Veterans and Military Family Center. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it is a it's, it's a center at the uh, that was built in at Murfreesboro, Tennessee, at the Middle Tennessee State University. They have a a big veterans student population there, and they actually needed a place that could come together, uh, talk things over, and just be with people who had been through what they'd been through. The general college population has not been in combat zones and been around IEDs and been shot at and that sort of thing, but you can get together there. And, and it's also a place to help them be employed. We have teleconferencing. We have a health care specialist on, on site in case uh, anybody needs any help, uh, mental health or anything. It's a wonderful place for veterans to get together and, and be, uh, you know, be, be together and to to get help, any kind of help they need, whether it's medical or a job placement or whatever. Well, that's, again, excellent work you're doing. Now, I've got to file this one under uh, cruel and unusual punishment because now we've got to wait till October. Uh, Charlie, tell me about never look at the empty seats. Uh, it's the culmination of 20 years of me writing my biography, the autobiography, my memoirs, if you will. Uh, the reason it took so long is because my life and my career has been ongoing, and I could not find a place to pause. I could not find a place to stop. I couldn't. I just kept writing and writing and writing. And when I found out I was going to be inducted in the Country Music Hall of Fame, I thought, what a great pausing place. So I did. I went home the night after, I, the, after the day after I was inducted the night before, and I sat down and wrote the ending and just kind of backfilled to where I was in the story and, and said, here it is. You know, so I finally got it finished. So it's coming out in, uh, in October. 
Well, fantastic. I, I mean, again, cruel and unusual that we have to wait till October, but <laughs> literally looking forward to it. Everybody, Charlie. Well, I've been Dan- waiting 20 years, so you can make it <laughs> Everybody, it's charliedaniels.com. Check it out. You can pre-order the book today. Charlie, I'm, as a veteran myself and on behalf of all the veterans listening right now, just thank you for everything you do, and, and thank you for speaking out. I think it's important that, uh, that your voice is heard, and I uh, just appreciate everything everything you do, and I really appreciate your time today. Well, let me turn that around. Let me thank you guys and gals for putting your lives between us and our enemies. And uh, I am I honor our veterans. I honor anybody who's ever served this country. I have all my life, and I will as long as I live. Thank you, and God bless you. Well, thank you. Everybody, Charlie Daniels, thanks again, my friend. Okay, buddy. Bye-bye. All right, that was my sit-down with Mr. Charlie Daniels. What an amazing guy. And, uh, again, I think he does more for our veterans than uh, anybody I know of. He's very passionate about it and uh, just genuine. And that's one of the things that I love about interviewing uh, Mr. Charlie Daniels. So looking forward to myself uh, checking out his book, and I'm I'm sure it's fascinating. Guy's had an amazing life and um, definitely uh, knows what he's talking about, especially when it comes to our Second Amendment and, again, with our veterans and the military and everything he does for them. So great interview. I always enjoy that. You know, here's the thing that we're at, where we're at right now. We talk about justifiable hate because and the reason that I talk about this so often, because I think it is such a prominent part of what's going on in our society today. When you get a media that is fully endorsing that, yes, that this hatred is for, for the betterment of humanity. That's really, really dangerous because it makes it, it it's, it all comes down to the same thing, folks. It's the ends justifies the means. But we're seeing now, we're seeing things kind of turn around a little bit. And one example here, and I don't know if you've heard about this story or not, but I want you to think about this. Because there's a lot of talk right now about religious freedoms and things like that. And uh, if you own a bakery, you might, you might not want to make a cake for a gay couple with two men on top of the cake. Or you may not want to, this is the thing, you may not want to participate and that's really what the issue is here. And we saw this week, of course, the president, he reversed the uh, situation, gave more um, ways for people not to have to, if, the, if their religious beliefs are against contraceptives to where they don't have to provide contraceptives to employees free of charge. This is the case, because just like with the, the discussion that there's dead bodies in the street when it comes to we've got to pass Obamacare because bodies piled up everywhere, which is totally not true. Just like the mayor of San Juan, there are really not people dying. But it sure sounds good, and it's a continuum in her words. So here you've got now a situation. And if you have not seen this video, you've got to see the video. I would have loved to have played some sound clips for you, but they're so vile and disgusting, there's not enough beeps around to kind of cover it up and clean it up. And you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even get any of the conversation because every other word is an F this and an F that from... A gay shop owner. Now, here's the problem. A Seattle, Washington coffee shop owner kicked a group of Christians out of his shop last week because their presence was offensive to him. Now, these are the tolerant ones. These are the ones that say everybody should just tolerate everybody. Yeah, unless you're a Christian, then I guess it's perfectly okay. The group had been handing out booklets to Seattle citizens which address sin, the Bible, and abortion which, of course, you can't do that. According to the Liberator, the group decided to take a break and stop for coffee at nearby coffee shop, Beldum Coffee. 
The site reported that one of the baristas told the owner what the Christian group had been doing outside on the streets of Seattle, and he didn't take it well. The owner in the video approaches the Christian group and tells them they have to leave. I'm gay. You have to leave, he said. This is offensive to me. I own the place. I have the right to be offended. So, now, if you're gay, you have the right to not serve someone, to not honor their wishes, to not fulfill their orders, because they offend you. Anybody see the irony here? I mean, the mass hypocrisy? Yeah, I, I think you probably do, right? Um, yeah. I'm gay. You have to leave, he said. This is offensive to me. Huh. The group attempted to tell the owner that they hadn't left any of their pamphlets in his shop, but the owner wasn't hearing any of it, repeatedly telling them to shut up. The owner said, there's nothing you can say. This is you, and I don't want these people in this place. The Christians pressed the owner as to why he is so opposed to their presence in the shop, and that's when things got extraordinarily vulgar. Um, yeah, they did. And again, I'm not even going to read to you what the guy said. But it was uh, extremely hateful, extremely intolerant, and offensive to, like, everybody. But it's okay, because if you're gay, you get special rights, not equal rights. It's never about equal rights. It's about special rights. See, because if you're gay, you should be allowed to determine who you service and who you don't. No pun intended. But if you're a Christian, well, not so much. You're not really allowed to do that, and you will end up in Supreme Court, and they will destroy your life. Do you think anybody's going to go after this guy? Do you think there's going to be any action whatsoever against this guy who kicked these people out of his coffee shop? Of course, the answer to that is no, because he's gay. So he gets special rights. This is where we're going with all this stuff. No, no, let me, let me take that back. This is where we are. This is where we are. Right now, it, it, one of the things that's going to be taken up in this session with the Supreme Court is the case of the Christian Baker. I'll be very surprised. E even with a majority of conservatives on the Supreme Court, I'll be surprised if it goes in favor of the Christian Baker because that will be, de be determined to be discrimination, right? Intolerance. This guy with the coffee shop, not so much, because he has every right to be offended by Christians. Yeah, see, it's got to be both ways. It can't just be one way, and this is where we're at as a society. Again, we are in this one-way zone, right? It's only okay for the gay person to object and to refuse service. The Christian baker, no, you really can't. Remember, there was even the case with the, with the pizza, Okay. And let me make this case, because this is how it goes down. These Christians didn't come in and hand out any pamphlets. They weren't in there going, you're a sinner. They, they, they had no problem with going into this coffee shop and just taking a break and having some coffee. The person with the problem was the owner of the shop. So with the pizza thing or the cake thing or whichever instance you want to look at, what it was about was, uh, was forcing these Christian groups, because they knew, they didn't just happen to walk into a Christian baker. They knew. They knew exactly what they were doing. They knew that this was going to be elevated to a lawsuit, and they, they knew that they were going to get refused service. This was not that case. But it, it really doesn't matter, matter in liberal loony land. So 
with the pizza and with the cake, they were asked to participate. You tell me, have you ever ordered pizza and felt the need to tell them what your sexual orientation is? Has anybody ever asked you when you're calling Domino's or Pizza Hut or wherever you get your pizza? Have they ever said, excuse me, could you just let me know what your sexual orientation is? No, see, that's not part of the conversation. Somebody makes it a part of the conversation. This group didn't walk into the coffee shop and say, hey, we're a bunch of Christians and we don't believe in gay marriage. They didn't say anything. They said, we'd like some coffee. That was it. But somebody came over and said, hey, these guys are handing out these pamphlets here. Look at you. They're Christians. But this will be okay. This will be okay in our society. Uh, hopefully, society under President Trump turns around, and I think, again, I think that's what a lot of people voted for, and that's a, one of the reasons people said, we need, we need to push back against this. This is not right. Tolerance isn't just for liberals, right? We talk about feminism. We talk about the NAACP. We talk about all these things where it's about promoting liberalism. Everything. Here's one more example is about promoting liberalism. Period. There's, no, there's, there's nothing else. It's what it's all about. So we'll see if there's any action, but I would be hard-pressed to believe that anything will be done to, to this coffee shop owner. He's perfectly within his rights. They will come out and defend him. They will say, well, he has every right to, but not the Christian baker. Again, this is where we're at. We're also at a time for a commercial break, so we'll be right back with Mr. Ted Nugent. Have you ever been frustrated when you go to the doctor and are asked to fill out forms over and over again? And you're asked for information that you don't remember, or you have to submit the same form to multiple organizations. And each time you are asked to fill out the same form by hand. What about filling out business or legal forms, all manually? Maybe you've spent a lot of time filling out a form, made sure that everything is correct, and oops, the person who re-entered the data into the computer system made several mistakes. Why couldn't you do it from home in advance, where you could find all of the necessary documents? Now you can at Formateer.com. The next time you need a form filled out, the information can be found right at your fingertips. If you're an individual, you may find some forms ready to use on Formateer.com. Or we may be able to create a custom form for you at a very low cost or no cost at all. If you're a small business, Formateer.com will be happy to create a set of forms or a complete data entry solution for your business needs. If you're a business that provides software, IT solutions, or both to another business, Formateer.com has a great solution for you as well. Our parent company, RenderX, provides software and solutions to a very diversified group, from individuals to Fortune 500 companies. Even the United States government budget is formatted with RenderX software. With Formateer.com, customers can fill out forms from their homes in advance when and where they have all the required information or they can edit information that has changed if they filled out the form previously no writing for them no data re-entry for you form filling solutions for businesses or individuals at formateer.com that's formateer.com is it time to expand and open offices in sao paulo and london a long-term lease will be like a short tight noose and furnishing those will be as much fun as a tax on it you guys always give me such great negative feedback. Fear and doubt holding you back? Now there's a new way to work to minimize risk. With Regis, you get fully equipped offices without a long-term lease, a receptionist, conference rooms, and over 1,100 locations around the world. Regis is the new way to work. Call now and get two months free. 
Been looking for an online gathering place? You know, a familiar screen does everything you're used to, except give you grief for being a conservative? You gotta try the Tea Party Community. At TPC, you'll know how everything works from the very first minute, and you'll probably find a lot of friends who are already there. Organize, communicate, share ideas, upcoming events, pictures, and videos. The Tea Party Community connects and empowers like-minded, politically conservative people. Like you, sign up today at teapartycommunity.com. Wouldn't it be nice if there was an easier, less expensive option than a traditional lawyer? At LegalZoom, you get personalized services for your family and your business that's 100% guaranteed. So go to LegalZoom.com today for personalized, affordable legal protection. Are you among the 64% of Americans who believe our country is going in the wrong direction? If yes, then eVoiceAmerica.com is the political take action site we've all been waiting for. And it's really free. eVoice America provides your personal list of elected reps every time you log on. This makes it so easy to email your opinions and e-votes on top issues directly to each of our DC elected representatives. eVoice then publishes our e-vote majority percentages on top issues to each member of Congress and the media. Now, for the first time in history, we can know what millions of American citizens are telling Congress. No more gridlock. Join the new American majority using eVoiceAmerica.com, putting Americans in control of Congress. Visit eVoiceAmerica.com today. It's free and easy to use. That's eVoiceAmerica.com. Hey, this is Ted Nugent. I'm on the Don Smith Radio Show where it's okay to be a real conservative. Welcome back. Before I get into my interview with Mr. Ted Nugent, this is part two of an interview here uh, from a few months back, and I had replayed part one here a, a few weeks ago, but wanted to replay part two, where we really got into the Second Amendment and a great question uh, from one of my listeners. So uh, definitely, you want to listen to this. And uh, if anybody's passionate about the Second Amendment, for sure, uh, of course, Charlie Daniels is, but Ted Nugent. He's a man. You know, I want to get into this before I start that interview, because I think this is really important. And this has got to do with what happened here in London this morning. And here's the problem, because I think we're getting to a point where there's a push, if you will, by the media to make sure we don't talk about Islamic extremism and, and terrorism. I don't even hear people calling what Stephen Paddock did terrorism. They're not using that word, folks, whatever it was, whatever it turns out to be. And yes, there's a lot of unanswered questions right now. It's a crazy man, as all terrorists are. Like if you're willing to put, you know, bombs on yourself and blow yourself up, you you might be a little bit tweaked, I'm just saying. But here's the thing. When we start not being able to call things what they are, Stephen Paddock, that's, at a minimum, it's domestic terrorism, right? It, now, there may be more to it. We may find that out. We may not. It's starting to get a little bit difficult to believe anything in the media anymore, though. And I think this is really dangerous, and I think it leads to future occurrences. Because it kind of glosses over, and I, I, I have no doubt 
that we're going to hear from the mayor of London who's going to come out and he's going to start talking about white people and he's going to start talking about Islamophobia as if these are the causes of these events. It, it absolutely is not. Nothing could be further from the truth, but we don't seem to want to really deal with the truth anymore. And I think that uh, is pretty dangerous, pretty dangerous trend. Here is the, here's the headline. This is on Fox News. London police say vehicle ramming into crowd is not terrorism related. 11 people injured. Okay, first of all, how the hell do they know that at this point? And second of all, I don't know, maybe we might want to be open to the idea that it had something to do with terrorism. Again, in this case, it's terrorism. Whether it's Islamic radical extremists, time will tell on that. But this is terrorism. People running a vehicle to run people over, to kill people, is kind of like terrorism. And just let me read a little bit of this just to give you an idea here. London police set a vehicle ramming into a crowd outside the Natural History Museum, injuring a number of people Saturday, was not being treated as a terrorist-related incident. This is, this is how they start the story out. I already read you the headline. Geez, I don't know. It kind of, uh, maybe we should maybe find out a few more details. What do you think? At least 11 people were injured, most with leg and head injuries, the London Ambulance Service said. London's Metropolitan Police said a man was detained at the scene and a motive was being investigated. Police confirmed they would release more information as time went on. A police spokesperson said the crash was not being handled as a terrorism-related incident. Reuters and The Guardian reported, I'm sure they did. Notice how, notice how they're tripping over themselves. We're like a paragraph into this thing, and we've got three things telling us it has nothing to do with terrorism. They don't know that, but they want to put that out there. Here's the next, okay, next sentence. It is not being treated as a terrorist incident at this stage while we establish what has happened, a spokesperson told The Guardian. Four times now in one paragraph, we've been told it's not being treated as terrorist, it's not terrorist, but we don't know. Maybe you should wait till you know, and then you could tell us. Now, I'm sure you're very concerned that the mayor's going to come out and trash you at The Guardian or the police department. or Wait, he's going to do that anyway. It's what he does. He's a Muslim. I don't know what to tell you. No other information was available on the number of people injured or their condition. Emergency services were said to be on the scene outside the museum. Witness Katie Crane said she was coming out of the museum when she saw a man in handcuffs being pinned down on the ground by police near a damaged car. He looked really proud of himself, she said. He was laughing. Okay, but hey, the main thing is it's not terrorism, even though they don't know that. Yeah, okay. So anyway, back to you, <laughs> Mr. Ted Nugent. I just had to share that with you because it's just mind-boggling stupid and want to share it. So Ted Nugent, again, a great spokesperson when it comes to our Second Amendment rights, when it comes to the NRA, um, everything pe anybody who cherishes the Second Amendment believes in. And in this part of the interview, we dealt a great deal with that. So without further ado, here is Mr. Ted Nugent. You know, two of the big issues with my listeners and myself personally as well, I, that I think were the biggest issues in this election was the SCOTUS. And you mentioned uh, Justice Gorsuch, uh, amazing. And that has a long-lasting impact. I think that's important for people to understand. But the Second Amendment, Ted, I mean, we had a candidate, Hillary Clinton, who was talking about holding gun manufacturers responsible for the actions of individuals. I want to ask you this as 
just a personal thing because I don't think anybody's worked harder. Your decades of work with the NRA and nobody's worked harder to advocate for the Second Amendment rights of the American people. What did this mean to you personally? Because we were on the verge of having somebody going after gun manufacturers. Well, yeah, you know, I'm just a guitar player, so let me think about that, Don. So if the getaway driver at the bank robbery has a Ford, we should hold Ford Motor Company responsible. I mean, stop, stop and think about how absurd, how insane that is, and that's simply because Hillary Clinton, the Democrats and the left, they hate the Second Amendment. So by by getting this great, great constitutionalist, uh, Judge Gorsuch, into the in SCOTUS, my God, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to emphasize it in the most inescapable uh, way right now, Don, and I hope you've covered this, but if you haven't, everybody make, pay close attention to this. When we won the McDonald case in Chicago and Heller in Washington, where the Supreme Court determined five out of nine only, barely made it, Five out of nine Supreme Court justices determined, I mean, <laughs> you've got to be kidding me. We had to have a, a debate whether the Second Amendment is an individual right guaranteed. In the, are you kidding me? To keep and bear arms, we had, to, we had to have someone interpret the word keep and bear. But meanwhile, yes, we won those pivotal cases that it is a, an individual God-given constitutionally guaranteed right to keep, which means it's mine, you can't have it and bear, which means I've got a couple on me right now, and they're loaded. That's all that means, Don. It doesn't mean anything else. But here is the definitive horror of the dishonesty, the soullessness, and the America hate by those four liberal Supreme Court justices. They wrote a dissenting paper that said, Don, everyone listen closely, the four liberal justices on the Supreme Court, I... I, I, I feel guilty even calling them justices or that they have anything to do with a court that might be supreme. But they wrote a dissenting letter, Don, that said not only doesn't the Constitution or the Bill of Rights indicate Americans have an individual right to keep, possess, and use firearms, they actually wrote a sentence, I'm going to paraphrase, that there's no indication American citizens have the right to self-defense. Don, Don, they they wrote that. Can you? Uh, I want to find a human being who can look you in the eye and tell you you have no right to defend your life. And four individuals who somehow mysteriously weaseled their way onto a court that is supreme in the United States of America. To deny our individual right to self-defense is, is demonic. It literally spits in the face of God's creation that we have been given the precious gift of life, and we certainly have the intellectual, moral, and spiritual obligation to defend it from evil, i.e., keep and bear arms. You've got to be kidding me. Yeah, it's, it's at the same time we're coming out of and still in it a little bit. But I, I've got to go to two questions. These are from my listeners, and I, I think these are both excellent questions. Let me ask you this one from Alex Doman in Pennsylvania. Ask Ted if he feels we will ever have a national concealed carry law or executive order. The Second Amendment is not a state right. It is an inalienable right. Hallelujah, Alex. Let me guess. 
Alex can read simple English and not need a translation. Don, Don, I'm just a guitar player. But Ted Cruz is a dear friend and a hero of mine. So is Chris Kobach, the Secretary of State of Kansas, two constitutional masters. And I didn't need them to tell me. I know in my heart the self-evident truth that the Tenth Amendment says any of these rights not enumerated, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, any rights, liberties or freedoms, rules, whatever the terms they use, not enumerated in the Constitution of the Bill of Rights are left up to the states. Well, here's an alert for you, boys and girls. The Second Amendment is enumerated. It is a constitutional oath violation by every elected official that we need government-issued paperwork for a God-given, constitutionally guaranteed right to keep and bear arms. Right now in America, there is no Second Amendment. I don't need government-issued permits for my First Amendment or any of my amendments except my Second Amendment because they have all feloniously violated their oath to the Constitution, Don, Case closed. So I, and I hope everybody listening, if you're not an NRA member, you're a friend of Nancy Pelosi's. Case closed. Join the NRA and the gun owners of America and the gun owners of California and the Jews for the Preservation of Firearms Ownership. And the, 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 I can't think of it, the spelling... Uh, partisan uh, Second Amendment warriors in your state Second Amendment organization. But I will not rest until an 18-year-old without a felony conviction, plus we have to get rid of about 80% of what is considered a felony today. It's a felony to shoot a deer out of season in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, that's equal to murdering someone. So we need to get it where when you're 18 and without a felony record, you get to keep and bear arms 50 states everywhere, anytime you want to. That's the Second Amendment. God bless America. Let me ask you the second question here. I'd like to know if he would have any interest in running for Congress or the Senate. Well, I'm, I have a, a, a powerful um, freedom juice desire and commitment to do anything and everything in my individual free American power to help make America great again and, and, and address the violations against our Second Amendment rights, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I believe in my heart, and I've been pushed and prodded to run for different public offices in Michigan, here in Texas, and in New Mexico and elsewhere. And I've, uh, uh, I've reviewed the, the possibilities with my wife, Shemaine, my goddess and soulmate and the greatest bow hunter in the world, and my family. And we have... And I have a bunch of smart kids and brothers and sisters and managers and assistants. All the people around me are so brilliant, so dedicated, and so tuned in that we have all come to the conclusion right now that the most powerful force in America is when we the people conduct ourselves as the Founding Fathers wanted us to, as experimenters in self-government every day using the Constitution and the Bill of Rights as the guiding force in demanding constitutional accountability from our elected employees. So I'm 69 this year. I'm 69 years old, and I just wore out two Labradors this morning. Um, the point is, 
I know that being clean and sober my whole life and eating God's miraculous venison rocket fuel my whole life has made me very healthy and energized, not to mention this unbelievable rhythm and blues and rock and roll that I blurt out every day, um, and, and the, the positive spirit and energy of friends like you and friends in the NRA and my family and all my hunting buddies. So there, there is a power to a We the People dedication that I am convinced is the most important job in America. But the apathy, the scourge, the embarrassment of apathy, where so many Americans listening to us right now, Don, they've never called their mayor, their governor, their senator, their congress, they've never communicated with their elected employees. And until more, hopefully someday, all, we the people in America, put pressure on our elected employees to always make constitutional decisions and someday become fiscally accountable and constitutionally accountable, then we the people are failing miserably. But now we've turned the corner with Donald Trump, and I believe we're on our way, and I see more and more people becoming we the people participants and doing their American job. And let me just emphasize it like this. Every day of my life, Don, I'm looking at a correspondence right now, in fact, I will, I, will, I will reference it right now. It just came in from the Wounded Veterans of Oklahoma, and where uh, uh, there's so many heroes that have sacrificed so much, and many the ultimate sacrifice, and we salute flag-draped coffins far too often. And, Don, they died for this experiment in self-government as guided by the Constitution. How dare an American not be a member of the NRA. How dare we not fight to demand constitutional accountability from our elected employees when all these heroes of the military have died so that we can. Don, apathy is worse than liberalism. Apathy is worse than the Democrats. Apathy is literally the intentional suicide of the American dream. And I pray to God, everyone listening, not only be a member of the NRA, but give out NRA memberships to all your family and friends and coworkers and, and people at church and school and the barbecue and deer camp. If you know someone who's not a member of the NRA, you need to fix them. Yep. Yeah. And, and the war against the second amendment will never end. I think that's important. Oh, it's higher now than ever. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're trying stuff here in Texas. We had a nip it in the bud every state. So, it, it's really I, I thank, thank you, Don, for what you do. Thank you for having me on because I'm not representing Ted Nugent here. I'm not just representing my family and myself. I'm representing working hard, playing hard Americans. And these words out of my mouth, I didn't come up with. These words, most of these words coming out of my mouth come from the heroes of the military and law enforcement who feel that Barack Obama and too many administrations in the past have not been respectful to the warriors who put their lives on the line every day. So when you hear my words, don't think that I'm the cocky one. These are words from the heroes of the U.S. military, the Marines, the Air Force, the Coast Guard, the National Guard, the, 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 the Navy, the U.S. Army, the Cavalry, uh, US, the, the American Air National Guard. These guys I share campfires with all the time, and they were absolutely horrified that Barack Obama weaseled his way in the position of the commander-in-chief when they all know that Barack Obama was the enemy of America, period. Absolutely. And I can't let you go without asking you about this. I've already got my tickets. July 13th at the Jacksonville Theater. I can't wait. 
Tell me about Ted Nugent rocking America again. Oh, God help us all. If I wasn't in this band, I'd buy tickets to every concert. <laughs> I've, got, I've got the best rhythm section a guitar player could ever dream of. This is my 55th year of touring. And based on the rehearsals and the flames coming out of my ass, I think this is going to be a, a tour de force to reckon with. I got Jason Hartless, a 21-year-old monster on drums from Detroit, just one of the most gifted virtuosos and driven, pile-driving rhythm gods you ever want to witness. And Greg Smith is the Motown funk brother on bass. So I got the best band in the world, the best songs in the world, the best guitar tone in the world, the best crew in the world, the best concerts, the best audiences every night. So we just can't wait to get out there. And then again, based on rehearsals, my God, the songs have never been tighter or more ferocious. My music is so much fun. And who hasn't bred the stranglehold? I mean, I don't know if Stranglehold is the ultimate breeding soundtrack or the ultimate skull-crushing soundtrack, because I've got about a 1,000 emails from warriors of the U.S. military that before they take on the punks of the world, they listen to Stranglehold so they can kill as many as possible. That's amazing. I, and i got to say, I think Greg Smith is one of the most underrated bass players touring today. I think the guy is... Oh, he's in the amazing. top 1% that ever lived. Absolutely. That might, you go back to my bandmates back into the 1950s, oh, my... I think... I think maybe God loves me a little bit more than anybody else because he keeps sending me these unbelievable music animals. And that's why my music is so powerful, because they inspire me every night. And so does the audience. And everybody should come to my Facebook page. I know there's a bunch of fake ones out there, but it's just uh, Facebook, whatever it is, Ted Nugent. And, and the energy, the positive spirit, I have over 25 million Facebookers. And they're from all around the world who know that truth and logic and common sense is the guiding force for quality of life. Hello! So, so thank you, everybody, on Facebook, and we have so much fun. It's insane. Well, for more on the tour, go to tednugent.com. Get your tickets there. I will see you July 13th. I can't wait. Ted, thanks for everything you do. I mean, you are such a, a great outspoken voice for conservative values, for the Second Amendment especially, but all conservatism, and for sanity. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Donna. God bless America. And if everybody would like to, they can visit OperationFinallyHome.org. OperationFinallyHome.org is a great military charity where we build custom, beautiful homes at no cost to the heroes and their families. OperationFinallyHome.org. Well, God bless you, Ted. And Ted Nugent, everybody, thanks a lot. Godspeed, Don. All right, that was part two of my interview with Mr. Ted Nugent, and the guy uh, pulls no punches, and just great to sit down and interview him. And by the way, the concert was amazing, and he got very political, and so, uh, yeah, you got to love Ted Nugent, and uh, certainly when it comes to our Second Amendment rights. Now, there's a lot of discussion about the NRA, and of course, uh, Ted is a spokesperson for the NRA, uh, who have come out with some statements saying, again, just like President Trump and uh, Paul Ryan and some others on the right that's saying, okay, maybe we should have a conversation about these bump stocks. Again, I, I would just remind everybody what Nancy Pelosi has to say as they tip their hand once again and tell us that, you know what, a little bit really isn't enough. we got to have all of it, and uh, we certainly hope it is a slippery slope. One more time, here is Nancy Pelosi in her own words. So what? They're going to say that if you give them bump stock, it's going to be the slippery slope. I certainly hope so. But I don't think bump stock should be a substitute for the background check. And by the way, the background check is a compromise. There are many more things members want to do. 
So there you go. Her own words. So there is no possibility of any conversation or even discussing even the smallest aspect of what they want. They want it all. They want it all. And again, if they really wanted something done, that would not be the stance they would take. I'm just saying. Hey, I promised you guys that you'd hear from uh, from President Trump when he was a candidate and had taken control. It looks like I <laughs> kind of forgot to download that clip. So uh, in summary, basically what we were talking about was uh, at the time, the deal had just come out about China, right? And this was the Paris Climate Accord, and we were going to agree to all these things, and China wasn't going to uh, – China was going to agree to double their emissions over the next 10 years while we were going to reduce ours by a significant portion. Uh, crazy deal. Uh, but what I really proposed or, or asked President Trump, candidate Trump at the time, was – isn't is this a what do you think about this deal? Because President Trump had made the comment that the Iran deal was the worst deal that the country has ever made in the history of the country. Um, so I kind of put it into context against the deal with the Paris Climate Accord and what we were agreeing to with China. It basically was our agreement at that time, and he stuck to that. And he said the Iran deal is still the worst deal that he's ever seen this country make. Um, so I would expect, and this is just my projection, that this week you're going to hear the president come out and pull out of the uh, Iran nuclear deal, which I think probably a pretty good idea. You know, we talk about the left and how they live in this this alternative reality. Listen, to, just look at how Iran has acted. Even as the deal was being signed, they were still talking about the great Satan, death to America. So what do we do? We send them pallets full of cash. Does this make sense in anybody's reality? Because in mine, it doesn't. Um, horrible deal. So anyway, I apologize for not having that clip. Uh, maybe I'll play that next week after we hear what the president actually comes out and, and has decided when it comes to the Iran nuclear deal. I want to close on one note because I think this is so important. And you've got to look at, look at one thing that's going on right now in the Democrat Party because this, this is a party that has completely given up on retired Democrats on working class Democrats, on the middle class. This is a party that is now solely focused on future elections. They're solely focused on the youth of this country and molding their brains and, and shaping the way they think. And it's taking place in classrooms all across the country. So for a party that's pro-choice, hey, how about getting on board with pro-choice for education? Because I can tell you right now, if my kids were school-aged kids, they would not be going to these public schools. We would homeschool. So you would, you would prefer to have some kind of an alternative where you can maybe get the politics out of, uh, of learning and education and teaching history. And, but this is what they've done. They've capitalized on this market. They've capitalized on molding the minds of the youth. Now, if you did not hear this, this is at UNLV. And this is a professor. They're always professors, right? You see the most hateful, vile things coming from who? That's right, professors. Those who, those who are with our kids more than most people are. Listen to this teacher. I, I've kind of enhanced it a little so you can make it out a little bit. But just check this out. This is what they're telling our kids.
mean, I don't know that these events would have inevitably happened whether or not he got elected, but he has this kind of rhetorical power that every president has to encourage or to discourage. Right, so far all he's done is to encourage violence. Very difficult to hear, but if you, if you could, could make that out. This teacher is blaming President Trump for the Las Vegas shooting because he advocates violence. Not the last guy who said get in the face of your neighbor, have an argument. Not that guy. Not the guy who cheered when Ferguson was burning, when Baltimore was burning. No, this president. And I think that's really something we need to take a close look at what's going on in our schools School choice, folks. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in this week. Be back here next Tuesday at noon Eastern time for a brand new Don Smith show. Have a great weekend.